Only on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. And welcome to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am one of two news directors here at 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I am J.D. Layton, and I am joined in studio by the other news director. I'm Emily Moshek. As well as our reporter... Oh, Raven Color, that's me. <laughs> we have an action-packed show here, so with that, we're going to dive right into local news. In Loveland, a public memorial and candlelight vigil will take place on Saturday in memory of Eric Whaley, a teenager from Loveland who was fatally shot on September 4th, reports Saja Hindi of the Coloradoan. He was only 17 years old. The memorial will be held at Benson Sculpture Park in Loveland at 2 in the afternoon, while the candlelight vigil will be held at the Whaley residence at 7.30 in the evening. A GoFundMe has been set up for the family with a goal of $10,000. As of Tuesday, over half of the funds had been raised. Eric was born in Turkey and is remembered by friends and family as a trustworthy, strong-willed, and generous person who was, quote, larger than life. The shooting occurred around 1 in the morning on the 4th. When police responded, they found Whaley dead at the scene and no suspect. A few hours after the shooting, however, police found the suspect, 18-year-old Gabriel Ventura, less than a mile away from the scene. He was arrested for manslaughter, assault, and prohibited use of a weapon. He was jailed briefly with a $125,000 bond following his court appearance, but he was bailed out later that day. Anheuser-Busch's manufacturing facility in Fort Collins shut down its beer production to begin canning water delivering on its February promise to provide emergency relief water, reports Jacob Laxon of the Coloradan. Anheuser-Busch CEO Michael Dorcaris stated that Fort Collins now has the capabilities to can clean, safe drinking water so we can meet the needs of our West Coast neighbors quicker and follows the company's record of delivering emergency relief water supplies starting in 1906 with the San Francisco fires. Gino Greco, CEO of the American Red Cross of Colorado and Wyoming, stated he is astonished that Anheuser-Busch essentially shut down its brewing to fill these cans of water to make sure some family somewhere has clean water to drink, and that the cans will provide critical relief to areas in need. Anheuser-Busch in 2017 alone provided over 3 million cans of clean drinking water to disaster areas. With the Fort Collins Brewery now producing water alongside the Cartersville, Georgia factory, Anheuser-Busch can now deliver coast-to-coast aid. A recent U.S. Army Corps engineer report, uh, which assumed the Poudre River is in decline, caused discourse with the city of Fort Collins, primarily around the proposed reservoir on the river, reports the Coloradoan. Uh, the report assumed the river is in decline and states that additional diversion of water away from the river would not affect wildlife in the area. City Council, which has been against the Northern Integrated Supply Project, which would add two reservoirs on the Pooter, criticized the report for ignoring the work to restore the river and downplaying the impact on recreation and cultural value of the river. The city, including Mayor Wade Troxell, 
have made statements arguing the made, that major changes to the river would impact Fort Collins and the wildlife who depend on the Poudre greatly and negate restoration and preservation projects. Northern Water, who is in charge of the NISP project, has made some accommodations with the city, like allowing three days of peak river flow and a written agreement that they would mitigate any unintended impacts of the reservoir project, among other things. The Corp is uh, currently taking comments on their report, and the city will be taking comments on the project before it goes to city council. Comments can be submitted online at fcgov.com between the 19th and 25th of September. For the fourth consecutive year, STDs have arisen in the United States and college campuses are a major contributor, reports the Collegian. According to the CDC, 1.7 million cases of chlamydia were reported in 2017, with 45% of those cases coming from 15 to 24-year-old females. The Collegian reports the most common STD at CSU is chlamydia, with gonorrhea coming in second. Dr. Sherry Warford, the clinical supervisor of the Women's Gender and Advocacy Center, told the Collegian it is hard to tell whether these diseases are rising or if students are getting tested more frequently. We have seen an increase in that we feel we're having more students test, so we are seeing more positive results, Dr. Warford said. Initiatives like Get Yourself Tested encourage students to get tested after every new sexual partner in an effort to decrease spreading any disease further. The CSU Health Center provides condoms, dental dams, and female condoms for all students. According to Dr. Warford, she has seen an increase in contraception specifically to prevent pregnancy such as birth control and IUDs, but condom usage has fallen out of favor because people feel protected. People don't like condoms. That's probably the biggest complaint we get. People say condoms aren't that much fun, but I would argue that most infections aren't that much fun, Dr. Wardford said. The CDC urges people to get tested because STDs can lead to severe health risk that include infertility, ectopoptic pregnancy, <laughs> ectopic pregnancy. There you go. <laughs> stillbirth in infants and increased HIV risk. The latest measurements of the Seaman Fire, located just northwest of Fort Collins, shows that it now covers 231 acres and is still 25% contained, according to the U.S. Forest Service. Air support has been effective, or had been effective at limiting the growth of the fire north of Fort Collins on Wednesday, said Reed Armstrong, public affairs specialist for the Forest Service. The Gray Rock and Hewlett Trails, as well as all other forest lands west of the Seaman Reservoir, are now closed uh, due to public safety concerns. Uh, the roads in the area are still open. The fire is located in the Hewlett Fire Scar, burning primarily grass and a few patches of ponderosa pine, which survived the last round of wildfire. As of Wednesday, there were 11 structures being threatened by the fire. Fort Collins has been under a red flag warning due to high temperatures, dry weather, and winds. The fire progress can be monitored at ncweb.nwcg.gov or the Arapahoe Roosevelt National Forest and Pawnee National Grasslands Twitter page. If you or someone you know has been affected by the semen fire, we would like to hear about it. You can call or text in at 970-491-5278. Or if you just have an opinion on the matter, we'd love to hear from you. Additionally, if you can't quite get to us at that number, you can always leave a message at 970-491-2388.
And on that note, we are going to take a quick break before we dive into national news, only here on 90.5 KCSU FM. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am one of two news directors here at 90.5 KCSU. I am J.D. Layton, and I am joined in studio by the other news director. I'm Emily Moshak. Hello. As well as our reporter. Raven Collar. Got no. it that time. <laughs> <laughs> right on cue. We need to we need to actually start giving, like, stating your title. You're our, our investigative reporter. Yep. That's that's the full title right there. And on that note, I will hand it off to you for our first national story. The order signed by President Donald Trump on Wednesday designed to punish foreign interference in American elections is being uh, criticized uh, by bipartisan groups for being insufficient, according to CNN's Kevin Liptick. Trump said the order would allow uh, new sanctions on foreign actors interfering in the election and is, quote, the strongest measures to date of any American president to protect our electoral system. The Trump administration has been making an effort to appear tough on election interference after intelligence agencies in the U.S. determined that Russia or Russian entities interfered in the 2016 presidential race in favor of Trump. The president received more criticism after he failed to confront Russian President Vladimir Putin about the interference at a Helsinki conference in July. There was backlash when Trump made a statement during a press conference which appeared to side with Putin's denial over U.S. intelligence. Republican Senator Marco Rubio of Florida and Democratic Senator Chris Van Hollen of Maryland have introduced a bill which would strengthen the government's ability to punish election interference. The bill would allow the Director of National Intelligence, along with other intelligence agencies, to direct the Treasury Department to impose sanctions on foreign actors who they have been assessed and determined to be interfering with elections. The sanctions would be imposed on individuals, companies, or governments after a 90-day process, which allows two 45-day periods for the intelligence community and administration to analyze the interference threat. The president would still have to uh, give the final say on the sanctions, but the bill includes a national emergency section, which would allow the sanctions to move forward. Intelligence agencies have determined that foreign entities have continued to interfere with American elections, including the midterm congressional election this year. And speaking of Russian entities, on Tuesday, Russia began holding war games involving 300,000 troops called Vostok 2018. This is their biggest military drill since the Cold War in 1981, reports BBC. This comes at a time of rising tension between Russia and NATO. The countries of China and Mongolia are also included in war games at ranges in eastern and central Russia. This comes at an ideal time for President Vladimir Putin, whose ratings have dropped after announcing a rise in the pension age, reports Euronews. According to Kier Giles, senior research fellow at London-based think tank, these military drills might reassure Russians that however much their standard of living may be deteriorating under the current leadership, at least Russia once again has a powerful army to console itself with. Putin has made military modern modernization a top priority following post-Soviet stagnation, so this is a triumphant moment for him, reports The Telegraph. 
Putin attended a parade of army and hardware to commemorate the beginning of the war games, which in addition to the 300,000 soldiers, there are 36,000 vehicles, including tanks and armored personnel carriers, 1,000 aircrafts, including helicopters, planes, and drones, and 80 ships included in these drills, according to the Telegraph. The game started on Tuesday and will continue until Saturday of this week. Wow, that's that's a lot going on right there. That is. It's a, it's a busy place over there. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of troops. The FDA has begun to crack down on companies that produce e-cigarettes due to teenage health concerns. According to NPR, the FDA released a press release stating the health concerns associated with teenagers vaping. The FDA says vaping has reached an epidemic proportion, and they will be taking critical and historical measures to curb the trend of vaping. FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb says in the release, e-cigs became an almost ubiquitous and dangerous trend among teens. The disturbing and accelerating trajectory and use we are seeing in youth and the resulting path to addiction must end. It is simply not tolerable. CNN reports the FDA has sent out 1,100 warning letters to convenience stores and gas stations telling them the consequences will be severe for selling e-cigarettes to minors. The FDA now requires major e-cigarette companies like Juul to provide plans to mitigate youth sales within 60 days or face potential criminal or civil action. CNN reports these companies might have to change their sales structure and marketing practice or face serious implications. We're seriously considering a policy change that would lead to immediate removal of all these flavored products off the market, said Gottlieb. According to Gottlieb, this is the largest coordinated effort in the agency's history. Stop juuling, guys. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, that it's every time I like hear anything new about it, I just keep getting I, it, it. It's like more and more ridiculous. Like I. I like apparently you can go to high school bathrooms and they'll like sell you hits of jewels. Like what? What oh, is yeah, going they do. on there? I, I just know. remember in middle school them being like, Don't smoke cigarettes or drink alcohol and like now that's not what kids do, I guess. I know, yeah, it's it's the jewel. I feel old. It's a new thing. We are old, honestly. <laughs> I, I'm definitely old. I, yeah, it feels it feels weird. Like vaping, I'm like, meh, it's not that cool, but apparent it's apparently a super big problem. I mean, they even went as far as to call it the largest coordinated effort in the, the agency's history holy crap well, i think it's so much easier like cigarettes you can't light up a cigarette inside like everyone will notice but it's pretty easy to hit something like a jewel or a vape pretty discreetly and you can't tell yeah yeah and i mean it doesn't help that they like look like flash drives too it's easy to sneak in and out of uh, class and school yeah yeah it is weird <laughs> And on that note, we will be taking a quick break before we hop into a segment regarding Mac Miller from our very own uh, podcast director, Cheyenne. Cheyenne Duba. Duba, okay. Uh, And on that note, we will be back. So keep that dial locked here on 90.5 KCSU-FM. Baby, 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 
first off, because it makes you break your body off. Now I am one on, and I brought two friends along. Jake, Doc, come on, Linda. Come on, man, sing your song. Oh, ladies, feel the weird fight for my delight. Cause I'm the red grasses, the grand master of PMC. On September 7th, the world lost a poet, musician, and inspiration to many. Last Friday, Mac Miller was found dead in his home due to a drug overdose. On Tuesday evening, fans, friends, and family paid tribute at Blue Slide Park, listening to their favorite tracks of his. One fan, Alejandro Cortez, took a five-hour flight to attend the vigil. He meant a lot to me. Music in general means a lot to me, Cortez says. He was definitely one of my all-time favorite artists, and the fact that he just passed away, it really hurt. Mac Miller's death came as a shock and heartbreak to fans everywhere. If you or someone you know is struggling with substance abuse, there are free, confidential resources available. Contact SAMHSA's 24-7 National Helpline for treatment referral and information service offered in English and Spanish, or text CONNECT to 741-741 to reach the crisis text line for any crisis, anytime. Take a bus, now the boy board jets Cause kids got me buzzing like a puppy hornet They say I got next, tell them that I got now It's all Disney, boy, my family proud Make them say L, make them say O The hoes that tell me yes, the same ones that tell you no Whoa, I ain't just an average Joe Way above the average flow, boy, my life is most dope No matter where life takes me, find me with a smile Be soon to be happy, don't be laughing like a child I never thought life would be this sweet It got me cheesy And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am one of two news directors, J.D. Layton. Uh, I am joined in studio by the other news director. I'm Emily Washak. As well as our investigative reporter. Raven Color. And our sports reporter, Tilo. Tilo Lopez. <laughs> as well as our podcast director, Cheyenne Duba. It's What's a, up? It is a it is a packed house. That was that was quite the, the segment. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. And, uh, You've given us a double dosage of news information as well as the uh, Botham Jean shooting. Uh, so we will hop right into that, and that will be the topic of our roundtable here on the Rocky Mountain Review. Today marks one week since Botham Jean was shot in his own apartment by an off-duty officer, Amber Geiger. Geiger currently faces charges for manslaughter, but many believe this is not justice for Botham. Demonstrators gathered last Monday to demand justice for Botham, that Geiger's charges will be increased to murder. Geiger's latest statement says she went to Botham's apartment on the third floor, believing it was hers on the fourth floor. She discovered the door ajar and a large figure inside. After giving verbal commands, which were ignored, she fired her weapon. Geiger claims that she wasn't aware that this was not her apartment until she turned on the lights. Recent witness accounts contradict her report. Neighbors recall hearing knocking as well as a woman's voice saying, let me in. Let me in. The sound of gunshots followed, as well as what is believed to be Botham's last words. Oh my God, why did she do that? Botham Jean's funeral is planned for today, Thursday, September 13th. 
And that was the topic of our round table. So any any opening thoughts from anybody? Um, it's just really heartbreaking to see another one of these like police brutality incidents happen again, especially in light of Colin Kaepernick um, and the whole Nike thing. Everybody that's protesting, being burning their Nikes and saying that they don't want to support the NFL anymore. But really, at this point, um, he hasn't knelt at a football game in two years. At this point, he's just protesting police brutality. And there's instances of it happening over and over and over again to unarmed black men and I just don't see how these people are so dense. <laughs> it's just honestly a weird one. Like, yeah. imagine you try to walk into your apartment and someone's there. I feel like most people's first response is like, oh, hold on. Is this my apartment? I mean, that's just like so. Yeah. Well, I, and also the thing is, her story has changed, um, and the witness accounts don't support what she said initially because she said like, "Oh, I I walked in and I saw a shadowy figure and I gave verbal commands and he ignored them and then that's when I fired my gun." But then witnesses said, "No, I actually heard knocking on someone's door and she, like a female voice saying, let me in.'" Hmm. And so that just contradicted contradicts what she said completely. And if you guys want to get in on the conversation, because it is it is an interesting case, and it's one of the stranger incidents uh, that I think has has come across from various act, uh, aspects of police brutality, you can always call or text in at 970-491-5278. I think for me personally, it the whole thing is just so ridiculous first off when you enter into your apartment or your home shouldn't you like recognize that it's yours and then second off why why is your first response to immediately shoot like what's going on there isn't there like a hey what are you doing rather than a like a bang bang yeah what my usual response to police brutality is you know it's a structural issue that has to do with both kind of the cultural unsupported um, bias against black men along with however it is that police especially in these departments that are having these issues are being trained but this is like such a weird like she's a cop but yeah. it was like also a very weird like normal yeah. citizen like situation and I don't know what to do with that yeah this was a strange case and police brutality is definitely a problem but I think there is a big difference case by case in terms of police brutality and i think this one is definitely more on yeah the ridiculous end where it just kind of seems to be like how on earth did she do this and it's kind of harder to explain but i don't know yeah kind of as you said like it's an example of police brutality but i feel like it's different it is different yeah than some of the other cases mm -hmm. like this is just bizarre and also like, just regardless of race it's just like if a cop thinks that the like or anybody in general thinks that the first response to like walking in is like just shoot your gun like, yeah. yeah, that's pretty insane in general. Well, and it kind of makes me worry, too, about the police department as a whole. If they're allowing someone who's, like, that antsy to roam the streets protecting the citizenry, I feel like, you know, a exemplary officer of the law has to be a lot calmer than walking into a situation and not being initially successful so they use lethal force. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, and I think that's a that's like a good point that to be like, well, why is somebody necessarily like this out walking a beat if they're so willing to 
immediately resort to violence as their their catch-all. Like, that doesn't necessarily seem like an action that an officer of the law should be taking. There should be, a, you know, a thought process and steps to follow before a, a gun is even drawn. Like, that, that should be, like, a last-case scenario. And, I, and the situation, I think, would be different if, it if like, she had been in her own home and somebody had entered it. Mm-hmm. And, the, and in that case, it's like, okay, that's self-defense. But the fact that you walked into another person's domicile and then opened fire, like, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> that's the part that just doesn't make sense. I don't know how she would not realize that that's not her apartment. Because, yeah, it would have been totally different if it was her house and he walked in. I am I mean, personally, I feel like you have a right to defend yourself in that situation. But in this situation, she was almost the predator and just walked in. And Yeah, well, and with the witnesses' statements about what mm-hmm. happened, it makes it so much more, like, foggy as yeah. to, you know, did she knew someone was in there and she went in there. It's... It's such a weird case, and it kind of defies all of the normal responses to situations like this. Yeah, and if she was knocking on the door, then that means that the door was obviously closed. She had to, like, actively try to get in. She's saying, let me in. Like, did she think that did, someone else was in her apartment already? That's the only thing I could think of that would even be somewhat logical. Yeah, I guess I guess that is what what she thought, but it's weird because that's not... What it doesn't match up with what she said, like wit- witness accounts and what she is saying as her statement, they both don't match up. I mean, in both cases, she could like just say like, okay, yes, I thought that this was my apartment, but I don't know why she's withholding information um, if she really is, because witness accounts don't agree with her statement, which is which just yeah. makes it even more foggy and questionable. And I don't know, why yeah. would she not like apartments have numbers? You know what? Like, I feel like you would at least realize, like, looking at the handle or when it doesn't open right away, you might think, oh, let me look at my apartment number and see if this is yeah. my apartment. <laughs> like, I don't get how you escalate to that so quickly. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to assume, but I feel like there must have been some other circumstance or, or influence yeah. or like, drugs why would you involved. I don't know. <laughs> knock on the door if it wasn't your own apartment. You know, like, what? Maybe she thought she got locked out of it. I don't know. I have no idea. And, like... I have no idea what she would even be trying to do if she didn't think that it, like, wasn't her apartment. Like, if she's just like, okay, well, this isn't my apartment. Like, what would her motive be? Like, this guy was, like, very, very respected within the community and very well loved and never was, like, on anyone's radar as, like, a bad guy. Like, no motivation for someone to, like, be out to get him. That just, I don't know. Both sides of it just don't make sense regardless. I'm curious to see how the police department responds to this because I feel a lot of times when you know, cops who are involved in police brutality kind of get off. It's because they're like, oh, they were in the line of duty. It was a tense situation. They thought they might die. But this was an a, an, a law, or officer of the law acting as a citizen in an erratic, aggressive, and lethal way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's harder, f- it would be more difficult for the police department to make that same argument because she was just like, going around her daily life and she if she's honestly that stressed in her daily life like again that's not really a a quality you want in your police officers Mm -mm. yeah definitely causes a lot of anxiety i think in citizens to actually like think about law enforcement being that on edge like especially with being armed with weapons yeah it is unfortunate (laughs) well especially because you know there are good police officers out there so it's like knowing that people like this are in the police force is 
unsettling for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I just I'm I'm like still like I can't like wrap my mind around the whole situation because it's just just so sad and so ridiculous like that and it, and it like sort of sets this precedent that it's like you can't even almost feel safe in your own home like your your own living room mm-hmm. because you know there's a possibility that somebody could enter in and and shoot you at any given moment like especially the people who are, who are meant to protect you. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. I feel like if my neighbor was a cop, I'd be hoping I'd be more safe and not like she was going to walk in my front door and murder me. Yeah, definitely. I do think, though, that the details around the situation are, I don't know. I mean, they're very foggy, and I feel like the whole situation is just odd and maybe not necessarily the best example of when you are talking about, like, police brutality like this was police brutality but it was such a different strange thing i don't know if i'm making sense but yeah. no yeah that makes sense i'd say that a good example would be like stephen clark that was shot like 20 times or he was fired at 20 times like a lot of the bullets hit him in the chest and the police officers were on a hunt for a uh, suspect they were actually videotaping with a helicopter and they saw the suspect go into a backyard and they went into the wrong backyard and this kid is just like out in the backyard he's like holding his cell phone immediately they walk in and they just like open fire on him so yeah yeah. that's sad yeah i just really wonder about the training in these departments because i know that there are police departments that focus more on like lethal should be your very last option and if they have a gun like you need to try to defuse the situation before you kill anybody but i think it's clear in some departments that that might not be the first uh, the way that they train which is interesting and has proved to be very very dangerous Mm -hmm. yeah i think this lady i don't know like I guess we don't know what kind of training she had, but I feel like something was definitely going on in her head or she was under some kind of influence. I don't know if it was alcohol or anything like that. I mean, her mugshot, I was like, oh, yeah, girl. I know. <laughs> this, this, like, this case is just like, I think definitely training and race could be a factor, but I think this is kind of an oddball, yeah. weird thing that was just unfortunate and really sad. But I don't know if it's the best representative of how... Or, like, statistic about police brutality in America. It's just hard to analyze. It really is. Like, yeah. it, you can't... I don't know. It's so odd. It's so bizarre. And it is very unfortunate and sad. Hopefully, it doesn't set a standard of things that can follow. I, that would that would be awful. I would really, really not like to see any more incidents of this caliber, you know, come out in the news. And hopefully, this is just a one-and-done absolutely ridiculous terrible unbelievably sad situation and and that's it and we never forget it but it never happens again yeah yeah and i mean with this being a unique case there still is like the factor of like racial disparity in here because this is another case of an unarmed like black man being shot by a police officer so 40 percent of uh fatal police shootings this year so far have been uh white people were the victims and 76% of the U.S. population is white. And um, I think that it's, yeah, 18% of police shootings have been, black people have been the victims, but only 13% of the U.S. population is black. So even though it's a lower percentage, when you factor in, like, the overall population of the U.S., there's a huge gap between the population of white people and black people. So that disparity is there, and it's something that does need to be addressed. And, like, unfortunately, this is another case that just brings it up again and, I really think that it's just time to take a look at this and maybe, I don't know what the 
um, solution would be maybe higher implicit bi bias trainings for police officers or maybe just taking a look at our country as a society and structure like the structure of it overall you know yeah no and uh, any does anybody have any closing remarks it's an, a very sad and unfortunate situation, and I think it really highlights kind of the, both the terrible situation that I think we're in with perceptions of different racial groups, especially black men in America, and how that kind of affects normal people's responses to situations that are not what they think they're going to be, and also kind of a comment on how law enforcement works in a lot of communities in the U.S. Um, and I think even though this is a hard situation to analyze and understand, it does kind of illuminate a lot of things that probably we should talk about mm -hmm. pretty seriously. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely a bizarre case that brings attention. A lot of problems we have on both sides, um, like with racial disparity and as well as people's feelings for cops, I think there's problems on both sides and I think this is really a good way to just analyze it especially on every situation and just really kind of speak up about the problem on both sides in both ways and especially with gun violence as well and how you yeah. should be using a weapon if you are armed and when it is okay to use a weapon mm -hmm. right and on that note, if you guys have any closing remarks that you would like to uh, add, you can always call or text in at 970-491-5278. We'll be taking a quick break before we hop into our sports segment and music segment. Only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. And... Welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am one of two news directors here at 90.5 KCSU. I am joined in studio by the other news director. I'm Emily Moshak. As well as our investigative reporter. Raven Color. And our sports reporter. And I'm Tilo Lopez. Hello. And with that, we're going to hand it on over to you, Tilo. Give us our sports rundown. All right, so the Rams got a big game coming up against the Florida Gators. They're a 20-point underdog, so Florida is heavily favored, but the Rams coming off a big win against Arkansas, so we'll see how they how it plays out. In volleyball, uh, they face Indiana State tomorrow in Moby, and then they play in the Colorado Classic on Saturday in Boulder against Portland State at noon, and then again at 8 against the Buffaloes. So that'll be a good game to watch. Right now, the CSU soccer team is losing... 2 nothing here in Fort Collins, but they still have a full half to go, so we'll see if they can turn it around. In pro sports, the Rockies won in a walk-off yesterday, 5-3, excuse me, 5-4, excuse me. Um, and today they beat the Diamondbacks 10-3, so they took 3-4 in that series, a big win for them, as they look to keep their uh, division lead. And that's all. Very awesome. So soccer is playing right now? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. Good luck to our Rams. Send good vibes, listeners. Yes. <laughs> Currently, they have a two-two and two record. So, but they're down two nothing. Oof. Ooh. Any uh, any thoughts on the Florida game? See any uh, <laughs> miracles happening? <laughs> I mean, I honestly think we CSU has the best quarterback in that game. Uh, KJ Carter Samuels passed for over 1,100 yards already, eight touchdowns. I mean, 
I think they could pull it out if they play like they did against Arkansas. If the defense comes out with some stops, some turnovers, um, why not? Why can't we beat Florida? They haven't had the best season. They're coming off a loss to University of Kentucky, which is not a football school. So why can't we beat them? Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how it pans out, especially especially after that Arkansas when we've uh, sort of demonstrated our capacity to uh, play a big game. Yeah, well, and maybe if we are all confident of beating like a big five, is that what they're called? Yeah. I'm not a sports person. They're they're an SEC team and they're a very good conference. Okay, so. that's what it is, the conference stuff. And in fact, Arkansas that game last week was the first time that we have beaten SEC team here in Fort Collins, so that was history, but. Let's see if we can beat another one in the Gators. You know, hopefully, I'm hoping that we'll be confident off the Arkansas win and that Florida will be all sad from that <laughs> Kentucky loss <laughs> and that we'll use that. This sounds so mean, but we'll use that power <laughs> to crush them. Well, I actually, I actually think Florida is going to be more focused because they should have won that game against Kentucky. But Yeah, that, that's a good point. That is a good point. It's, Maybe all the oxygen at sea level will give our guys some energy. We've got yeah. some extra lung power at this point. Oh, yeah. yeah, but that, that humidity over there doesn't help Ooh, whatsoever. Yeah, no, it, it does slow you down. It's like 90, 95% humidity over there. So And there's oh. a hurricane. like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh, wait, I didn't Ooh. even think about yeah. that. Yeah, so it's... The players are going to have a fun time with that, but wow. we'll, we'll see how it goes. And on that note, we will be taking a quick break before we dive into our music segment by our very own Monty Daniels, voiced by Ave Martin. So not quite Monty, but close on the kooks. So keep that dial locked only here on 90.5 KCSU for Collins. This is your Rocky Mountain Review music segment brought to you by 90.5 KCSU, written by Monty Daniel. I'm Ave Martin. The Kooks' new album, Let's Go Sunshine, is their first album in four years and delivers dancey tunes for everyone to enjoy. The British indie pop band decided to go in a different direction than their last few albums, trying out new techniques and production methods. The band just celebrated their 10-year anniversary and successful UK tour with the release of their fifth studio album. Lead singer Luke Pritchard explains in an interview with Evening Standard, quote, We went into the studio in 2015, continuing down the path we set out on our last studio album, Listen, and discovered it wasn't what we wanted to do and it wasn't really the kooks, end quote. As a result, they created songs such as Swing Low, with a contrast of sharp-sounding guitars paired with sweet, smooth strings and aching lyrics. this album are moments from the past, including personal moments from the band, such as Heartbreak and Falling in Love Again. The song No Pressure is a lighter, downbeat song that resembles a lot of classic kook sounds with pop hooks and their signature British vocals. The Kooks' newest addition to their discography has all the nostalgia of Inside In, Inside Out, with new, exciting additions. This album may be foreshadowing what new material is to come in the next few years for the band and their reinvigorated sound. For the Rocky Mountain Review, I'm Ave Martin.
and welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. Would you? Uh, I'm JD Layton, one of two news directors here at 90.5 KCSU. I'm joined in studio by. I'm Emily Moshak. The other news director, as well as our investigative reporter, Raven Color. Yes. Now we'll get to the point I was trying to say. <laughs> what do you guys think of that? I I like the Kooks. I think the Kooks are like a really kind of like a uh, very like indie lo-fi. Not maybe not lo-fi, but they're very '60s in the way they present themselves. So like a '60s pop British rock, and it, it's always very soothing. Been a fan for a long time, so it was exciting for me to hear the album come out. I haven't listened to the Kooks enough. Like I've heard one of the two other songs, but after hearing your description, I think I need to check them out because I enjoy indie, chill '60s-like music. So I'm like, plus I like that the music segment, especially that song in the end. I was dancing a little bit. Yeah, no, it's it. I, I liked the album as it came out. I don't think it's quite as good as their older stuff, but I think it's a good throwback to where they were, and I think it's a good base point to see where they go. Like uh, Abe said, I think with their or their invigorated sound, it'll be interesting to see what future material they release. Yeah, and we have the album in our rotation, right? We do. Yeah, so if you liked what you heard, be sure to stay tuned on KCICU because some of those songs will be popping up here. On our own station. Right, and it's everybody's favorite time of the show. It's time for weather. I'm going to don my meteorological hat and give you the forecast that you deserve. We all knew that today was nice and hot. The final death throes of summer creeping into your fall vibes. But they're here, and they want to linger for the weekend, in case you didn't know. Because tomorrow, it's going to be just slightly cooler. And by just slightly, I mean only 2 degrees at 91 degrees at a peak. I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm ready uh, to ditch the shorts and throw on the sweatshirts. Living shorts are fine if it's like 77, 75, but not 93. That's just, like, that's not even pool hanging out weather. That's just gross and burnt weather. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just hot and... Uh, I hate to break it to you, but it's going to be even hotter on Saturday with a nice 93 and on Sunday keeping up with the trend at 91. And Monday is also going to be nice and hot, too. Dang it, Jamie. Change the weather. I can't. (laughs) You know, I may don the meteorological hat, but I can't change the forces that dictate what life is like. But to find out Tuesday's forecast. Don't worry. I know. We'll probably be complaining about it in like two months about how cold it is. So. It's so cold. I, I wish it was, I wish it was 90 degrees. It's so toasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we need to be more positive. Yay, sunny days. Yay, sunny days. I love them. Let them come Happy while Thursday. they're here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, thank you all for listening to us on the show. We want to thank our lovely reporters, Raven Kohler, as well as Katie Otter, Gabe Peterson, Tilo Lopez for helping us out with sports and Cheyenne Duba for her segments and her insight on our roundtable as well. And my co-host, J.D. Layton, of course. And my co-host, Emily Moshak, as well as Monty Davis and or Daniels. Daniel, Monty and, Daniels. And Ave Martin for our joint music uh, session. It was, it was good. Yeah, it was awesome. So thank to all of those people for the content and thanks to all of our lovely listeners for tuning in to the Rocky Mountain Review and be sure to stick around because we'll be here again next Tuesday at 4. So keep that dial locked as we take a long break up until Tuesday. You're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins.